Hey y'all, it's me, your girl, Kayala J, the host of Plug In with K Podcast. I just want to extend a very, very grateful thank you to all of you who are tuned in and continue to stay tuned and plugged in with me. If you would like to join us on social media or follow us however you want to do, you can follow us on Instagram at pluginwith.k. Follow us and like us on Facebook at pluginwithk, as well as YouTube with more videos coming soon. And if you would love to listen to the audios as you are doing now, you are welcome to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Just search Plugged In With K. And once again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye, y'all. Hi, everyone. This is Kayana J, and you are tuned in to another episode of Plugged In With K. So, y'all, I'm very excited um, for today's episode. Just to let y'all know, I have some very special guests joining me. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hey, everybody. My name is Jalen Buckley. What's up? My name is Anthony. Hello, everyone. My name is Claudia Williams. My name is Brian Evans. My name is Zach Wallace. What's up, everybody? My name is Alvy Mixon. So, yeah, that's everybody. And y'all know me. So, as you all know, February is Black or African American History Month. So, this month, our topics are going to be just a bit, just going to take a bit of a turn, um, just to, like, pause and talk about African American culture and this American society that we live in. With that being said, today's episode is going to be a prime example of just that. So, y'all, today we're going to be talking about unmasking. So, for those of you that tuned in to last week's episode with the beautiful Raven Day, we talked about Behind the Beat, basically, which um, was from an African-American woman's perspective. So, this week, kind of part of the same conversation, but from an African-American male perspective. And so, like... I have all of these black men, black kings in here with me tonight because truthfully, I don't know what it's like to be a black man in American society. So let's see what they say. So for those of you that who may not know what unmasking is, unmasking is simply the exposure of one's true character or hidden truth. And me personally, I feel that this is a great topic to talk about, you know, when it comes down to African-American men because with everything going on in the world and the society that around us, it's like our black men are often silenced and forced to, you know, wear masks and mask themselves in order to survive, which I truly believe is wrong coming from me. So I did a little research. Um, how I got this topic was um, there's this group, research group called that does like living room conversations. And they said there is a mask that black men wear in the world to be safe in public places. It does not cry, it does not get mad, it does not feel pain, it does not get hurt, it does not have the right to exhort authority or control. It is a mask of respectability. Walking into public places without it can get them killed. The anxiety in their hearts can get them killed. Exertion of their very right to life and autonomy can get them killed. So oftentimes, African-American men strive um, to have these living room conversations, to have a space to remove their mask and speak authentically about their own experiences and perspectives. Y'all ready? Sure. Okay. So, I have a busload of questions. I gave y'all some, but I came up with some more that I didn't want to 
give y'all for real. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna do questions and then we're gonna unpack stereotypes. Okay. Okay. That's cool. All right. So my very first question among these that I have is have you ever felt like you had to wear a mask or have you ever worn a mask as a black man and how has that form of silencing affected you? Um, by the way, my name is Claudio. Personally, growing up in Longton, I never had to wear a mask. Um, our community was diverse. We had uh, black and white people. So us growing up, um, it wasn't nothing for us to go to uh, one of our white friend house and hang out with them. Um, we all grew up in the same school, same neighborhood. We all um, just came together. Even when somebody in either neighborhood or either community died, um, we all still came together as one because uh, we we all about standing as one where I'm from. But I can understand how other people in other cities are because <clears throat> other towns um, are very, I'm not going to say just racist, they're very prejudiced to some, to an extent. So um, I have some homeboys in like different other places and like they they talk about how, what they have to do, what they can't do at certain times and how they have to act. And um, basically that's it for me. Um, my name is Brian, by the way, and I, I have to say differently because growing up in like the Memphis area, I always felt like we had to wear a mask, especially with the school I went to. It was kind of like a mix between blacks and whites, but it was more whites than blacks. So it's always like I had to not show who I truly am. And in Memphis, you know, you almost got to be very careful where you go because it is some prejudiced people in Memphis or racist people, you can say, too. So I always felt like I had to wear a mask. Even coming here to a PWI, I felt that even more. Okay, um, my name is Alvy Mixon. And as for me, I had to put on a mask coming to our college, honestly. Like back in high school, I was able to be myself, be outgoing, make certain type of jokes, you know, dress how I wanted to. But coming to this campus, I had to kind of adapt to how everybody else was. Like, I have to watch what I say, how I act, and how I dress, just to make, like, everybody else feel comfortable. Hey, everybody, this is Jalen speaking. So, growing up, I never really had to, like, wear a mask as far as, like, the race part, but there are, like, other factors such as, like, you know, like, sexuality or religion or things like that. But in terms of, like, race, when I came to USM or anytime I would like leave like the city of Jackson, like go to maybe like Rankin, Clinton or something like that, I was for store, I would, you know, act a certain way for instance, like when you go to buy something, make sure you got the because I would see the stuff on on the news, I was like, Oh Lord, these folks getting red but still it ain't even sold them. So you always have the receipt. So that would be like my example. My name is Zach, and I grew up in Jackson. And in Jackson, I feel like I never had to wear a mask because everybody knew everybody. Everybody was cool. Everybody, everybody understood <clears throat> those type of things. But when I came to USM, I didn't feel like I had to wear a mask because I feel like I was around people that were open to me being who I was. So I can't say that I've ever had to wear a mask, and I don't think I'll ever feel like I need to wear a mask because if I need to, then I just don't belong in that area. Mm. Um, my name is Anthony. I'm from Biloxi. Um, when it comes to wearing a mask in the neighborhood and all, but at school, yeah, 
and in like other parts of the community like Biloxi is split and there's a lot of white people in one part of the um the city and all the black folks on the other part of the city and when you go over there you're gonna have to act a certain way all the old money is there they're gonna look at you a certain way you got to show them that that's not you or you have to put on a mask to make it seem like that's not you because they're gonna already think that's you anyway Okay, y'all. Yeah. Now y'all look deep. So, okay, I also want to tell y'all y'all don't have to answer every question. If it's a question you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. Okay? Okay. This next question is, how old were you when you got the talk about being a young black man in society? And how did that impact you? I ain't never get the talk. It just kind of happened. I kind of realized it on my own. Yeah, I kind of agree with him. Like, growing up, man, like, you just start to see things for your own. You get, you start to form your own opinion about different things. <laughs> so, basically, me growing up, like, I never really had that talk. Like, really didn't never have to until, like, I started going to other places. And, um, like, I started working at another town, man. They kind of on the racist side, you know. Back to you. Uh, perfect. perfect. I still all work. They, I ain't gonna say it's racist, but you gotta watch what you do out there, cause you know you, you end up being in jail for you know it. So, yeah, that's basically it. I got to talk fairly early, um, through school when they started teaching about black rights and everything, black history, and that talk used to piss me off because I was like, that's so unfair for people to have to live a certain way because of their skin color. And when my mom and them, we when we finally had the conversation, all it did was just make me even more upset because I didn't agree with how people had to live. And I was like, I'm going to have to live this way because of my skin color, and it's not fair. I don't think I ever got to talk, but um, I had, like, a conversation with my parents when the movie The Hate You Give came out. I think that's what stemmed it for, like, my parents to really, like, sit me down and come to terms with like the things that just might happen to you as a black male living in this society. So I would never say I just was sat down at a young age to get the talk, but they opened my eyes to see that everything is not like sugar sweet on the other side. I got the talk like, well, honestly, it's, it kind of happened throughout life. Like you'll see something happen on the news, then grandma will say, hey, make sure you be careful out here because you know, People look at you different. They're going to treat you different and stuff like that. But I really didn't pay attention to it until I actually started, like, driving by myself after I got a license. Like, I'll, I'll see how roadblocks had worked, how, like, police would come and shut down different places just because, like, it was a group of black people out there. Like, that's, that's when I really started noticing my surroundings, for real. Yeah, I, I go with that, like. I got to talk throughout my life, but like I ain't really like pay attention for it until like you know I saw it firsthand, and it came from my friend telling me about what happened to him, like how he had a situation with an officer. A couple of my friends had a situation with officers, and it's kind of like okay, now it's starting to click, starting to make sense. But yeah, I also say um movies also had like uh, he was saying like movies also had like a, a part in as well because like you see different movies, um and like that movie just came like Emancipation. Yeah, like I watched that movie, man. You just see like how bad racism was like firsthand, man. You you know, you don't want to never see nobody go through nothing like that for sure. Okay. 
So I'm throwing this out there. Fun fact about me. Um, I think I got the talk pretty early, being that I grew up with military parents. Mm. Mm. So like, you know, they made sure I knew what was going on, made sure like of my surroundings and things like people not gonna look like you, you look different, you're gonna be so like I had to like basically they taught me to do a lot of digging and researching of our history. So I'd say like it was really, really early for me. So do you find it hard for you to express yourself in your true emotion? Why or why not? And how does or how has society played a role in it? I'd say yes, because for me, my parents were growing up, I feel like my parents, they were there as caregivers and not so much like emotionally. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they were kind of busy trying to, you know, provide for me and my brothers. And I feel like, you know, they'll work and they get home, they tired. So me, I go to school, I get home and I'm just to myself or by myself. And my brothers got a big age gap. They're younger than me, big age gap. So I'm just really by myself, I feel like. And so emotionally, it was kind of like, I feel like I never had anybody to talk to because the things I went through, other people weren't going through them. And vice versa, like, we didn't really have a lot to relate on based on, like, things like I did in school, like basketball or other sports, stuff like that. So emotionally, I feel like I didn't have nobody to talk to until I got to college. I feel yeah. that. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Because me, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I know my parents, of course, they care for them, but, like, we never had the chance to just talk about our emotions, you know. So it was, never was none of that. So me, personally, I don't really just tell everybody what's going on, like, my true feelings, my emotions. I just really don't feel comfortable telling you because everybody, uh, everybody uh, thoughts and all that is not genuine, you know. I think that's a main thing in general, though. True. Yeah. Like, we 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 supposed to be macho and all that other stuff. We're not supposed to show emotion, and that's what society is placed on all of us. More for us though, because the second we show emotion, we're bad people. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. Gonna do something bad. That's why um males like today's size of, um our depression rate is much higher than women's. It's much higher than women's though because like like you said males on they don't know how to really just express themselves. Yeah, that's right. And to like add on to what Fawzi said, so like I do my research. So like um, I looked up the most recent rate, and then in two thousand nineteen, only twenty eight. Well, no, oh, wrong one. But, like, in 2019, the rate for African-American men with, like, depression, mental health issues was, like, higher than any other race mm-hmm. and gender. Simply because they wouldn't talk about it. And, like, African-American men commit more suicides. Too. Yeah, I read that, too. Mm-hmm. Don't know how really just express that say. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I, I'm a little different. Um, My mama really instilled in me to like really speak up for myself yeah. at a young age um so i always kind of knew how to tune in emotionally with my feelings and stuff and speak about it but when i my dad came into play he always was like tough love type like hey don't you be crying in front of these people so i had it on both ends but i knew how to tune in my emotions mm-hmm. and speak with people if i needed to like speak up yeah, and I'm just going to piggyback off that a little bit. Um, Growing up, I, I'm i pretty sure we've all heard this saying, man up. And it pretty much was like a, another silencing tool because you couldn't show like how you really felt. 
you couldn't express or be upset or cry or talk about it. So growing up, I always, you know, feel disconnected. But now I don't really feel like that. Um, I've learned to be okay with myself and be able to say what I want to say, how I want to say it, no matter how I found other people. Nah, as for me, uh, my parents, you know, they'll check in on me and be like, hey, how you feeling? Uh, are you good and stuff? But like, just like how Clyde has said, you, you get taught like to be tough. So it's kind of weird when they come at you and ask how you, how are you feeling? Because it kind of contradicts each other. Exactly. So we really don't get taught like from a young age, how to really express it. So why do you think that the vulnerability of African-American men is not accepted in our society and culture? I think it comes back to like how taking it back to older times, like it was meant for a man, especially a black man to just stand up and be the head of the household. And you knew you had to play that role, like be a strong man. So I think they just trickled down and from like generation to generation, they can only teach you what they knew. So they just kind of had it fill out. Yeah, I agree with him on that. Definitely from a generation standpoint. Um, Cause that's most of my family is they all about you know handing up all this stuff so yeah never really had a chance to just be vulnerable. Well, I mean vulnerability. When you think about a black man that's vulnerable, you think about a black man that's always mad, right? Or angry. angry black. Yeah, man. an angry black man. An angry black man is vulnerable. For me, whenever I hear the word vulnerable, I think of stuff like weak or, you know. Yeah, I think stuff so. But like that stuff weak. makes us mad. Exactly. True. Those being are... being weak will make a black man mad. Yeah. Those are just yeah. the connotations that society plays on it. Exactly. When, we, when I think about it, I don't think about that at all. I think about a transparent, real person that has emotions. Like, I don't see weakness in being vulnerable. Like, in all honesty, nobody should. Yeah, I agree with that, Jalen. Like, when I think of vulnerable, I think of, like, somebody's open to tell their feelings or mm-hmm. express themselves. And when you're angry, sometimes that means it's bottled up most times. Because yeah. I know people that bottle stuff up and they always seem angry versus somebody that's vulnerable. Like, they cool. Like, I would, well, I might call myself vulnerable, but, like, I would say I'm more open to certain things. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. This next question may be heavy. I'm back. Okay. <clears throat> so, thinking and reflecting over the past few years, the past few weeks, you know, past few days, right? We as a society, we have encountered a lot of injustice towards African-Americans and especially African-American men. How have these events impacted or affected you individually? Here's some examples. Alton Sterling, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and the most recent Tyree Nichols. Well, I'll touch on that. Me personally, watching that and just really just seeing George Floyd video, It'll have you kind of like, wow, it's how society is now. Because, like, you know, man, died from that type of stuff, man. And that's, that's big in the black community because now they got all us watching our back. Like, we get pulled over. Like, you know, we kind of nervous. Like, we want to call our mamas, call somebody we trust so they can just hear the conversation, what's going on, FaceTime somebody, and just, you know, make sure they make sure they know we straight, you know? So. I would say with the latest one, with it being so close to home, it kind of did, like, struck a nerve because they really hit the like community of Memphis bad in a way. Especially when it's your own kind. Um, that's why it hurts so much. So 
I say, I don't know how to really put it without having to say something bad. Um, I don't know. It just really hurt coming from seeing your own people destroy yourself. And with it being in your own hometown and neighborhood, it just make you think differently on like, wow, like, is this really what the world has come to now? I feel as if it makes, well, it makes me feel as if society doesn't really care about us. Like, if you could just look at us walking across the street and you think that we're a threat, like, what's really going on? Because you're supposed to protect us, protect every citizen in said town, but you just look at somebody walking across the street and you think, oh, he might be up to no good based off his skin color. Mm -hmm. Like, and there has been multiple situations where people with a different skin color have actually hurt other people and then police, you know, use, well, they don't use brute force on them at all. No. So it really just, I don't know, it, ma it makes you mad. Yeah. And the piggyback off that, when you think about those instances, like the guy that showed up at the supermarket, they walked him out in handcuffs. But exactly. A guy that had a toy gun shot down killed. Like, no. that's not fair at all. Yeah, that's not right. They'll say mental illness or some type yeah. of, just to just like cover yeah. it up that, you know, try to make it seem like, oh, they were just mentally ill when that's not really the case. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I did a, um, did a project on a man named, um, but I did a project on this man and basically it was about him dying because like he got killed by the police because he was wearing a ski mask. But like, if you do your background knowledge about why he wore a ski mask, he was a Neiman. So him being a Neiman wore a ski mask, he was always cold. So somebody, you know, called the police on the man all that. And basically the police, um, police, they put him in a toehold, he went in cardiac arrest and on the way to the, um, to the hospital, you know, dying. So that's crazy how the police would just profile you as being a threat because what you're wearing, like, you like, dang, you, like, what's going on? Like, then I feel like it might be a little tough, but I feel like only way for change to really take place is like not through protests. Like, okay, that's showing awareness, but you got to really get in there and get to doing stuff like with the legislative branch, like making law, because that's what's going to really get stuff moving. And the big thing about that, you got to get minority groups, black men into like spots like that, like in Congress and stuff like that. That's only gonna make stuff really happen. Speaking on that front, um, so last week we learned that they're trying to pass a, a bill law, whatever it is right now. It's called the George Floyd Police mm -hmm. Act, whatever. And it's supposed to be like to crack down on injustice like that. Mm -hmm. But like so many people gone, it took, you know, so long. Yeah, like you would think they would have been dead something instead of waiting till all these people dying from literally basically the same thing, like police killing another man, like and like um like you just gotta think about them folks' family, how they feel, you know. And how many more will it take for them to actually push this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It ain't gonna it ain't they're not gonna push it until it's at their doorstep. Until a white person gets killed or but until no. a white person gets an injustice done to them. On the global level that it has, no, it's never gonna happen. They're not gonna let it happen. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. They're gonna break out of it. The social media, like the social media aspect, like I feel like everybody, if something black negative in the headlines, it's gonna be everywhere on social media. And another thing is with social media, like recently, I feel this way. Like some of it, sometimes it just kind of like I'm insensitive to it because it just kind of happens so much. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. almost like consistent. So it's kind of like. Okay, we, it's, it's a cycle. 
like it happens, protests, you know, a lot of speaking up for it, and then it kind of dies down, and something else happens, and then like it's just a cycle of stuff that keeps going. And I'm definitely about where I am. Um, anytime I hear stuff like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, or Tyree Nichols, like it makes I'm a little different. It don't make me sad or nothing. It makes me mad. Um, the fact that people still gotta go through that at this late time in our society, so. I, for me, I most likely try not to, like, look at the um the headlines or the videos or any of the movies like the Teal movie. I don't want to watch it because I know how it's gonna make me feel. Yeah, like I say this too. Like I think Ant said something about black people make headlines. Like you said, I'm black police killed that black man. Like that made a headline like that. Like it was quick. Black on black yeah. crime. Yeah, black on black crime. But <laughs> it was just a crime just happened. Like I found something close, man. I think somebody got killed, like, you know, nobody, you know, ain't nobody speak on that, like, brush on the road, like. They try to make it seem like, uh, we it's not just, it's not just like one set of people within police doing it. They trying to say, oh, they're not the only ones. Some of y'all doing it's it your too. own kind exactly. doing That's what they try to make you think. You're going to blow that up every time. I'm going to throw this in there. So tell me how y'all feel about this. So last week, me and Raven, we were talking about our generation. All of us, everybody in their twenties, right? Yeah. Okay, so our generation, me and Ray, we were talking about it, how um, we're basically being like desynthesized to everything that's going on because like our whole the whole steps of us growing up, we've seen so much starting back in like twenty twelve with Trayvon. So from Trayvon to now, it's been like what eleven years, eleven twelve years since that. So it's like since we were like kids, we've been seeing this. And it's like Raven was saying that like we're just so immune to it now, to where it's like we don't don't even think about how we feel. I kind of agree on that. When I seen that Trayvon Martin thing, I think that's really just that might have been the first thing that just made me look at like damn, people really doing this out here. Like, but I was still kind of young, so it's like okay. But, but as I got older throughout time, it just really just started seeing all that stuff happening. It's like wow, like this is our society. I remember like. I don't know if this happened where y'all were from, but I remember like with the tray when tray everything went down with Trayvon. I remember like the little boys, they stopped letting them wear hoodies. Mm-hmm. They couldn't wear yeah. no hoods. So did y'all ever experience that? I did that in my school actually. You can wear a hood. Like you really just couldn't like stuff like that. They tried to make it seem like everyone was like, I guess treated equally in my school, which one thing I was like happy about. But they limited like certain things like things of that nature. You couldn't do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, my mama showed made me start wearing hoods. Yeah. You was hot. Like you had to look presentable everywhere you went. Okay. How y'all feeling before I dive into some more questions? Feeling good. Feeling good. You doing? Feeling good. Okay. Well, I want to talk about something that Zach had brought up. He he was like, um, how they be making like the word black like seem bad. If you think about it, they really do make black seem bad with everything. Because, like, words like black magic, um, blackmail, like, stuff like that it has a bad connotation already. Even in food, bro. Chocolate cake is called devil's food cake. Exactly, bro. like, that's crazy. Nobody likes the black witch. No. No. Think about other stuff like white. I love you. I got pee. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy cause. but think about other stuff like the white house it, it shows you know power like the name of the godliness whenever you think about you know godliness what 
What did they say? White and gold. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't know. When you think when you think bad, black. Good white. What does being a young black man in American society mean and look like to you? In three words. Mine might seem a little like bad, but I'm gonna say it is me. Like literally, it's me. Um, I can say that now because I just feel like I'm not even gonna say all black men like you know can't go up to leadership levels because I can see the stuff that like we all do on this campus now, like speaking on the campus wise. And I say we some black kings for real, like leaders on this campus. It's a lot of black leaders on this campus that you wouldn't think that would have been coming from a PWI. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got one. I won't stop because after everything that my ancestors have been through, like. I'm I'm really their wildest dream if you think about it. So I can't stop right now because of my future um descendants and stuff. They gon they gonna look back on me and all the struggles I done went through and they not gonna wanna stop either. Mm. Okay, I go. Um I wouldn't I don't have three words, but I don't I have one. It's um unfazed. Like I'm unfazed by the instances where people say that they've been around white people. Or well, and like they'll push a purse or move to the other side of the street. If you intimidate, move on, move, move to the side, let me just let me walk. I'm not gonna stop what I got going because you think some way about me because of my skin color. I piggyback off what Alvin said. Um, definitely that man. Even though things seem to you, just gotta keep pushing on, keep moving on. It's the best thing to do. If you stop now, you're never gonna see change. So. I got three words. They kind of go together. But, like, I got, I say ambitious, like, inspirational, and, like, growth. And I'll say, like, ambitious mainly because for myself, like, there's so many opportunities in what I want to do in the future. Well, for all of us, there's opportunities to, like, get in a place in society where we can make change. And even if it's not, like, like, like on a huge scale, any change is good change in the right direction. So I'll say ambitious is the word I'll say. Wait, when you said three words, you wanted like a phrase of three individual words. I say it is me. <laughs> no, because I just feel like, but I said that because it's like I say that it's like it's like me as a black man. Like that's right. I like it. I like it. I did like it. I'm trying to smash it. It is me. It is me. Like, apologize. It is black. Looking back at me. Black. Okay, so we know all of us college students, y'all are college students. So when it comes to collegiate education in American society, majority of the African-American population that are in college are female, and a small portion of that are male. Being among that portion of the small you know, percent of African-American males pursuing collegiate education, how Ooh. is your collegiate experience? What shape and drive? Yes. Well, I would say, um, hold on, hold on. Look, oh, I'm passing out gum. Apparently, everybody got some stinking breath. Hey, man, you just don't reach for the pack, man. Just don't reach for it. Hmm. Thank you. Um, 
you said what drives us what yeah. keeps us motivated what shapes you and drives your experience being here i would say trying to make sure i don't go back to my hometown yeah and just being a black person out there you gotta be you gotta have the dreams to keep going and be more be better than your moms and your pops because that's all they want for you and that's all my at least that's what my folks want for me that's basically how um, Brian is too like i know come from i come from a small town like ruville mississippi it's a place where don't too many people like really go try to push for themselves so i wanted to actually bring like back to my community and be like hey if i can do it i know y'all can do it i'm gonna provide you with the resources to get there to do it uh i i kind of on last with him um basically me growing up in my little small town it's not a lot there, honestly. It's not a lot to do, and it's a lot of negative influence on the younger generation. So me growing up, I always wanted to be bigger than what the what um what people think about my hometown. So that really drives me in college. Like I'm having a good college experience. Like I always I'm always getting good um things from my hometown by doing a good job and all that. Cause really, out of my whole class, probably like three of us still in college. Like. And that's, I feel like me being one of them and doing what I'm doing is real big. I say opportunities, like, not all opportunities I have are successful, but even, I wouldn't even, like, I say failures. Even in the failures, I see, like, growth, and that, like, inspires me, motivates me to keep on trying. Because, um, I mean, I remember the success when I remember the failures at this point. And those success or in the failure, it showed me a lesson most times. Mm, the thing that drives me is the future generation. <laughs> I don't know why Claude laughing, y'all. But um, the future generation is going to drive me because I just I'm just thinking about you know that that black boy from the same hometown that I come from, looking for you know a positive influence on life, and you know me being that positive influence. Um, for me, I would say there's two things that's driving me. One, my goals and where I want to be in life. Considering how I grew up and everything that I had to experience and watch my how I watched my mom literally, I'm pretty sure I heard this phrase of uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, and I knew that that's not something that I wanted for myself. So that's one, and then the second one is watching my peers, the peers that I graduated uh, high school with and came here with. I'm one of the only ones that's still here. Each semester, one of them has dropped out. I was like, I can't be, I cannot be another stereotype. I love what you said, cause I ain't never heard that phrase before. You ain't never heard, y'all. So y'all ain't never heard. Oh God, I never heard that before. Say it again. I heard that before. You had to rob Peter to pay Paul. Y'all ain't never had to rob Peter to pay Paul. Meaning that, like in the African American community, a lot of people say that's just like y'all. That's just like they them saying y'all don't believe fat me grease. Who y'all ever heard that? I thought they said y'all don't believe sugar is sweet. Yeah, it's like that. Robbing Peter to pay Paul basically mean like I got to borrow here. To make ends meet over here, yeah. and then I got borrowed from this person to, to pay this person back. That's basically what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, I understand. Me growing up, I mean, I never had. I understand. I understand it, but I just ain't never heard. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, but me growing up, I, I was kind of fortunate to have parents that you know, yeah, they, 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 they kind of high, you know, they like the size, like they cool. 
Yeah, you know, they were good, man. You know, they had a little money. We have a lot, though. We have a lot, but we took, you know, my man shit foods on the table every night. Oh, God. So you on the table every night. No, I don't know. Red and rice was crazy. No matter how daddy got it, we always put on the table. Life was on. The water was crazy. Red beans and rice was crazy. My mama cooked red beans and rice. Shut up, Shirley. You might hear this one day. You gotta cut you the chilling open and peel the, the membrane off of it, bro. And then, and then, and then I saw a video on Facebook and they was fisting the the the, 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 the you know feces. I'm just like, y'all eating that? That boy smells so bad. Yeah, y'all, y'all cannot. That's yeah, not y'all good, man. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, y'all but, try. Hey, y'all hey, 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 if you invite me to a house and you're cooking chitlins, don't even invite me. You're not even supposed to cook chitlins in the house. They're supposed to be cooked outside because they get in your walls and the smell don't leave. What if you what if look? What if you live in an apartment? Don't put them on a grill. You cook in it. I lived in an apartment all my entire life. We had a house. You supposed to cook Why? Why did you want me in your body? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we do eat a lot of nasty yeah, stuff. We do eat a lot of nasty stuff. Turkey necks are real. Turkey necks are real. Turkey necks are real. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Claudia just said crawfish nasty. No, they didn't want to say that. They're nasty animals. They're crawfish They're good for me. Don't nobody care. Look, as much stuff they talk about catfish, I mean, you eat catfish. I don't like catfish. So why y'all can't do it with you? Okay. No. I'm gonna say I'm glad we on the podcast. Because no, chicken just is nasty. Chickens. Oh yeah, chickens. They don't yes. eat. Yes. You're not supposed to eat, hey, hey, bro. Bible, you're not supposed to eat anything with claw with claw feet or hooves. Wait, huh? Hey, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. The whole world is that was, the scene. That was the Bible said. That was the Bible. The whole world could be our feet every day. Man, that's why limbs so high. That man said lamb. We got another lighthearted question. Okay. Can can y'all agree? Yeah. Yes. I can't even cook. I ain't gonna lie. I can't. I'm gonna grill. Who can't grill? I can't grill. I can't. Well, I can't. What's your best thing you can grill? Claudio, did you just say you good? Yeah, I'm good. Some chicken, man. Some chicken. Chicken. Wait, wait. Was it good? Yeah. Okay, okay. Was it good? Where did other people stay? Good dogs, huh? <laughs> hey man, I'm big. I gotta know how to cook. Yeah, bro, I'm man. big. I gotta like this. Might not sound good. Yeah. Yeah. I can cook some pork chops on the grill. Cause pork chops are good though. I don't I don't like but pork chops can go on the grill. 
Yeah, I like the steak on the grill. My mama, yeah. I recently, recently, my mama been getting into putting. I want to try turkeyness on the grill. You can do some other like nasty yeah, food. You put it on the grill. No, no, it's 100% better. Yes, you know, if you go to Wildfire and Wildfire dirty, you think it's some good food. That's right. The ghetto in the Waffle House, the better your food. Oh God, if they ain't fighting in the if you ain't outside smoking a cigarette, bro, you ain't getting no good food. Bro. So it was this post I saw. They just opened up like a new Waffle House. I think it was like in Jackson or somewhere. And they was like, um, one of my friends shared it. He was like, oh, no, I can't eat there. It ain't too dirty. If you don't walk into the bathroom and smell doo-doo and they got tissue and the waitress baby walking around her phone playing music all loud too playing candy crush <laughs> <laughs> if the waitress ain't missing teeth <laughs> well you know you ain't gonna get no good food if you walk in and they feed you <laughs> Hey, you got about a good twenty minutes. You can't have a twenty minutes. You Sunny side Fried bologna. That's just look, listen. I don't, I don't, I don't like bologna. Look, I don't want no more podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just made me angry. Fried yeah. bologna. You don't like fried bologna? No, I don't like bologna. That's fucking. That's farce. You know, fried bologna. Weird. Bologna and bologna is spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Yeah, bologna. I don't really care for bologna myself. It gotta be fried. Oh no, but it gotta be fried. Y'all wanna know? A real black meat sandwich meat? Oh, head cheese. Luncheon meat. Oh, no. You talking about no. luncheon meat? No, no, no. Oh, head cheese. Luncheon meat? Last weekend, this guy, he came in and bought a whole alligator. And he said, You were just white. He said it tastes like chicken. Where you were? He said it tastes like chicken. And y'all, he put it right there. I'm like, you I'm probably, not about to touch this. No, you can bake. You probably had a bird too with it. I got one even better for y'all. Red roll sausage. Yes. Yes. Hot links. Vienna sausages. I like it. I like it. But you got to peel the red roll sausage though. Yeah, I don't eat it. You can bite it and then just leave it in. Hey, my granddad used to throw that thing in that uh that water. If you need to peel it. Ain't even in no hot dog bun, bro. You just a piece of bread. <laughs> you with some up? Uh -uh, I need one piece of bread. That's it. That's it. Y'all put it on. 
So much, no, we got so much bro, pressure. Like, no, no bro, uh, uh, oh, the old school yes. crock pot. Okay, yes. I was gonna say, yeah, crock pot and the instant pot are two, two different things. Nah, not the instant My mama can make a roast in the instant pot now. That pressure cooker, mm-hmm. I eat so I eat chicken roast, I eat pork chops, I love steak. Steak is like my favorite thing. You excessive, um, oh, Jimmy. I'm not bougie, I don't eat steak like bougie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, roast tastes like steak if you add a one steak sauce. I don't like you know, sauce. I swear you don't like dogs. Like a one steak sauce. I don't hey, you sound just like me. You I like, like I, I, I like barbecue. Huh? Sauce. You like kids? I can only eat it in moderation because it's, it's tomatoes that sit just something. Oh yeah, um, I don't like kids. You really can't eat. Like okay. What else do I eat, y'all? Y'all make me take the drill before you eat. I like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like breakfast food. When it comes to breakfast food, you'll see me eating either a sausage biscuit, a chicken biscuit. Grow up. 
pretty uh, yeah, you, can you can go to McDonald's and get that Biffy thing gravy with gravy. Oh, I tell you what, man, you may not go to no hotel. You gonna be in Eat cereal not every now and then, but milk too expensive, and the cereal too expensive. What type of cereal? What, what's the best type of cereal? What type of cereal do I eat? Fruit Loops. Like um, that is sandpaper with cinnamon. Hold on, wait, wait. Hold on. What did TikTok say? What do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean? Like you don't eat cinnamon toast? No. Oh. Hey. Wow. Okay, I don't I knew it was sandpaper, but I still ate it. You like it? Um, I started too much. Let's see, what do what do I eat? Y'all you eat too you, you, you eat frosted flakes. Yes, I eat frosted flakes. Do you put sugar? Let's go. No, you know, I used to put sugar in my cereal. I thought it was already frosted. No, you eat more sugar. You eat more sugar. That's why I look like that. That's why I look like this. TT, bro. You don't like fruity pebbles? They're not good. I don't like them. I don't eat fruity pebbles. That's just yeah, that's but, 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 that's here. Gotta have a little crunch to it. Yeah. Bro, no crunch, bro. That man put the milk in it. Oh my god! I want my cereal taste like the milk. I feel like you are like. Did you drink the milk? Okay, I'm very weird, right? I eat Lucky Charms, but I can't eat them with milk because if my marshmallow get wet, I'm gonna get mad. Okay, I don't. Don't they make that without the marshmallow? No, I, like I can't even say none of that. I don't like it. So you want them in there? Like, yeah. oh, I don't, don't eat them with milk. I don't like the toilet. You know, like so you eat dry cereal a little more? Yeah. Like, I don't like I be eating dry cereal. Yeah, dry, like dry, dry Cheerios? Honey nut Cheerios? Oh, God. It got to be honey nut. Honey nut. Bro, got to be honey nut. I was so happy. Honey nut. I was so hurt. I picked up Cheerios one time. Bro, Ooh, it was the weekend. Yeah. He said, I ain't going back to the stove. You should have picked the right one. Cheerio. That one little sugar on it. That one was like, I'm crying. Crying. Hey, man, we used to get that little box from school, you know, you know that little bag, the bag from school full of food and uh, toilet tissue and stuff like that. Man, they had them little mandarin oranges and tell them things up, cuz. Alright, so I got a question. Yeah. So you yeah. know you hungry and like what should I go to meal at night? Like what should I go to snack? Like, what's your go-to snack? The beef ramen noodles, you cook them things up, mm -hmm. put you some cheese and some ranch up in there. It's gonna be <laughs> okay. straight <laughs> But I, you know, I get a little cheese, so yeah, I like to see y'all on noodles. Well, yeah, you got it. I don't. Y'all be putting ranch on y'all mashed potatoes? Why would you do that? Uh, no. Okay, You're the final. Like, y'all don't know. I work, at, um, I work at Logan's. With they bake potatoes and they mashed potatoes, be like, can I get my ranch on top? Ranch? What do you need for ranch? I come back to the table, the plate is drenched in ranch. I said, what are you doing? 
I'm going to try now that you said it because it ain't the most craziest thing I heard. It ain't the craziest thing I heard. What you tell me is crazy? Can't tell about ages. Can't tell about ages. Somebody told him, like, bro, what are you doing? What's ages? Hey, bro, that's weird. That's weird. Bro, what are you doing? Hey, bro, that's weird. On my popcorn, bro. You, and you, you shake it up and eat it. Uh, <laughs> 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 you don't take the picture of all the water come out, I won't eat it. <laughs> okay. So, I, since I've been here, I've learned that putting ranch on your tacos is not normal. Um, I tacos. Yeah, yeah, I did not know They say my best dish is my baked macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I don't feel like it either, yeah. but they be saying they're blessed. I don't eat everything macaroni and cheese. You got six people here. When you gonna cook like, for us? Y'all making me hungry. When you gonna cook for us? Hey, we can eat too. We can eat. Hey, you can't make hey. no little small pan. You gotta make one of them old folk pans. <laughs> <laughs> they bring the pan. You can't Oh, hey. Hey, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to introduce my brother, Jakeem. Jakeem, girl. Oh, hey. How y'all doing? He, 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 he's Something to encourage somebody, like inspire somebody. Like you see them numbers and stuff. Like 
you should be be encouraged to just go and just try to be, you know, trying to better yourself for one and try to really just show younger the younger generation people under you that it can be done. In my opinion, hmm, how can I put this? I'm not gonna say it, it's, it's I'm not gonna say this in a bad way, but I feel as if I'm kind of burnt out from school personally because K through 12, like that's a lot of schooling. And if you look at like the private school system, they don't go through the same stuff that the public school system mm-hmm. go through. They don't stay inside of a classroom all the time, you know, learning new information and stuff. They be, yes, state tests and all that. But they, they make sure that they, um you know, they have a creative side to their curriculum. So it's like a release from all that, you know, staying in the classroom all day type feeling. So. Yeah, I feel, I feel kind of burnt out right now. Once I get this nursing degree, it's going to take a lot of motivation to even go back. But congratulations to everybody who can go back. Hopefully, I will, too. So, Paul, everybody tell me your major. Nursing. Problem of science and engineering. Biomedical sciences with a minor in chemistry. My name is Claudio, uh, social work major. Biomedical sciences. Strength and biology. <laughs> um, liberal studies, pre-nursing. But uh, I want to add on to what Alvy said. Like, yo, we, we, we burnt out at this point, man. It's been burnt. a long time coming, burnt out. To where I'm trying to graduate a semester early, take a semester off then. Because I still got to go to um grad school. I got to get a master's. Yeah, I got, I'm going to go back and get my master's too. But uh, I'm going to need some real to encouragement to get there. I'm ready to go. I can't really say I'm burnt out. <clears throat> I might get tired along the way. I can say that. But to burnt out, I can't say that because, it, like, I look at them numbers and I get real happy and I shouldn't be happy about that, but I get happy because I can be one of them black men in them numbers and maybe I can make a difference and help bring more to go come to college. Yeah, I would say I kind of burned myself out from high school. I feel like I had to be something just mm-hmm. because like, I didn't see nobody else being anything around me. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll be that person. But you got to understand, you're not the only person that is going to take and save the world yeah. or whatever. So you have to really understand it. So I'll say I'm kind of burnt out, which is why I'm going to graduate next semester because I take classes every single summer. I've been taking classes since 10th grade. So yeah, I will say I am burnt out. Yeah, I feel like you, you can at least, if you can at least touch at least one or two people and encourage them and inspire them to do something, it's a start. Like, you got to start something with it. Okay, so I had an episode last season with one of my dearest friends, uh, like an older brother, weird relationship, whatever. Um, he's very creative and everything. His name's Keith Davis. That episode is uh, on my Instagram page. Um, so basically, I'll tell you a little bit about Keith. Keith is um, the artist, this artist that you'll ever meet. Um, he's a poet. He, uh, he's not, I wouldn't say he's a rapper, he's a lyricist. He does his poetry over beats rather than rapping. Um, he's an actor. Distinguished. He writes plays, he does it all, he can sing, he's just everywhere, right? Um, when we, when I talked to him last season, he had just dropped, uh, uh, EP, um, after like some years or whatever. And part two to that EP is supposed to come out on March the 3rd. <clears throat> Called Luxury of Intelligence, whatever. So we were talking or whatever, and I asked Keith, you know, how does society label his creativity as an African-American male? 
And he was saying that a lot of times they his creativity, him expressing himself through different art forms and everything, his theme is aggressive, um, explicit content, stuff like that. So how does society, how would you say society labels your creativity? Hmm. So are you talking about like what we do now, like uh, accomplishments basically? Or like creativity means any way you express yourself that's outside of typing papers. I say <clears throat> since I'm like in science, I'm not the science the sciencey is science person or whatever. But um I say um when you talk about the medical field in general and this STEM, like even nursing, like they see you as somebody that's gonna try to help other people and everybody it's a different way than the art part the creativity part but for me like projects i work on look at stuff like cardiovascular disease or obesity and so these are that nature and it's creative because like it's in ways that you probably don't think of i didn't even think of it so it's kind of like the creative way it's kind of like people say that and it'd be like oh i couldn't do that like i'm glad somebody like you doing it mm -hmm. so that's like how i see it they kind of say they can't do it basically it's how i hear it the most and you're an honor too right mm-hmm what I, what I always say about creativity, um, I'm just speaking in general, what I say about it, um, people with that creative mind and creative that can really do that type of stuff, I always tell them, like, um, just keep going, keep inspiring people, um, do your best with it, because you never know who you, who you, who you touching. Yeah. Can you repeat the question one more time? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, so basically what I was asking is your creativity. Mm -hmm. How is, how does society feel about it? How do you think society perceives your creativity? That's basically what the question was in so many words. Oh, okay. So in terms of my creativity, I would say it's always a barrier to break. Like it's always undervalued to society, especially being a black man. So like me, I want to be a nurse, but there's going to be something, not something that I have to do after that, but you're going to feel like there's something else you have to do because once we start getting stuff, it's less value, mm -hmm. if I may say. And also like with different talents, like singing and stuff, they'll say something like, um, well, you're not trained. You're not this, that, and third. So yeah, it's always a barrier to break in terms of creativity. I will say that's part of the reason why I won't show some talents within certain areas. Um, like I won't sing in public, especially if it's gonna be a big crowd of people I don't know, because I just feel like they're gonna try to make it seem like, oh, why he singing like that? Like I just take the negative more than I take the positive and stuff like that. So, I'm going to speak on, like, another aspect, like, you know how, like, um, nowadays, college player, football player, they got their own talent, they're doing that, mm -hmm. and looking at the numbers, people make it, actually make it to college football, NFL football, it's not a lot, mm -hmm. and I think some of their talents, like, from people in hometown, I know I have some, it's a lot of, deep, a lot of athletes that don't get looked at, and I feel like, besides, now they don't, they don't really just look at them enough. And they miss out on good people, like good talents. Hmm. 
creativity. I say, I say, um, if we're looking at a, at a kind of color standpoint, like, <laughs> do you want me to break the question down a little bit? <laughs> so, going into the conversation that me and Keith had, going okay. back into a little bit, um, basically with Keith's music, that's kind of like the avid music and poetry. We was talking about like how it seemed as aggressive sometimes. Okay, then he pulled from people. He gave me examples like Kendrick, Cole, um, different people like that. How their creativity was seen as hardcore aggressive versus soft people like you got Usher. Mm -hmm. Then you got uh, who was somebody else to see? Usher nasty. <laughs> like artists like India Ari, she's like that, you know, okay. like okay. Jennings type people. Okay. Like, how is their creativity seen as aggressive or being black people or black men that's really focusing on like their creativity? So, um, with that being said, I understand what you said about that. Um, and being aggressive in different points and aspects. So what I would say on that, um, I really ain't got too much to say because it's like I'm trying to think of one of my talents. But every time I think about my talent, I just think about singing. I can't sing. I can't oh, oh, oh. And I knocked over the tripod. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wouldn't. Okay. So with me, I wouldn't say like a specific one, but like as like a racial way. Like, you know, what a lot of ways that, you know, African Americans express themselves in society is considered ghetto or mean or too explicit. Yeah. Whereas, say for instance, the Taylor Swift of the world are more accepted. Or the Harry Thaws of the world is what is considered regular and normal. And that's kind of that kind of makes me a little discouraged or not want to, you know, step outside and be different because of the negative connotations that you're going to get with those that don't agree with what you decide to say is your gift. So, so, I'll just ask you a question. So, what you saying that, and you know, some people, their personality might be taking ass, you know, mm -hmm. so, and you talking about how they'll discourage some people, what would you tell some person, some people that, um, how would you encourage somebody else? I most importantly, an artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most importantly, an artist. Oh, yeah. First of all, I, my, me, I would say you just got to find that inner peace within yourself. And you got to be okay with those that's going to not agree with what you do. You're going to have to be okay with being different. And you can't give up when you get, like, certain pushback. That's what I, that would be my advice. And also, to find your group of people which are those people that believe in you and what you stand for and will support you and defend you when you're not around. To throw my example in there, um, so in high school, I've dealt with a lot of stuff. Um, one thing that I used to do a lot was poetry. And I used to, um, I used to have notebooks on notebooks on notebooks and poetry. Just right now. And I used to post them on like different places, platforms, whatever, whatever. And like people used to tell me, I was like an angry black woman, or they tell me like I was too aggressive, I need to be more 
calm and chill and stuff like that. But I'm like, this is how I feel. This is how I feel in this moment. I mean, like, I'm writing a poem about heartbreak from a black young woman's perspective. What y'all want me to do? Just like, I, sometimes I want to be like Jasmine Sullivan and bust windows out car. Mm-hmm. Like, so, right. But, with you saying that though, but me telling per like somebody saying that a uh, mad angry black woman, like I don't I don't see why you would change though, because that's you expressing yourself. How you express yourself is just you. Yeah. Like don't change your way, don't change the way you express yourself, cause it, somebody it was, else. It was like really crazy because like after all of that, like one poem I wrote, that was like I was crazy, and stuff like that. So I just stopped doing poetry. So like. If I write something now, I send it to one of my best friends, and they'll be like, "You should get back out there and do your thing." I'm like, "No." You're probably good. I, I really do. Like, I, like, I feel like I shouldn't because, like, <laughs> nah, you should. Some I'm always gonna doubt you, though. It's always gonna be stages in where people gonna always have a negative comment. Yeah. I know a lot of famous people, like you, content creators, YouTubers, mm-hmm. like it's so much negative that they see, but they only focus on the positive. Matter of fact, they block the negative out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what you're gonna have to do in this fight because everything is so criticized and. Like, for instance, you go on TikTok, somebody is showing how to do a DIY, you in the field, you go to the comments. This ain't how you do it, you know, you doing that, da, da, da. And literally, they did it, and it works for them. Like, you have to find what works for you. And that's easier said than done, but that's really what it boils down to. As long as God put something in your heart, you should follow along with it, because, hey, he put it in your heart for a reason. So, that's, that's go ahead like, and do it. So, me, I feel like, uh, poetry is not where I'm at no more because I'm doing this. Like, if somebody would tell me like a year, two years ago, you gonna be doing a podcast, I'm gonna be like, um, no, I'm definitely not. First of all, I'm not a people person, but I am a people person. So like, they follow in the same realm. All of it is like put some poetry on the podcast. Yeah. Put that poetry on the podcast. Open up with the poetry. I'm about to say, why you just gonna come back? This is a good way to eat. Oh, yes. So, speaking on like the music, I know I say music, if I say it. Speaking on like the music industry and stuff, you can see like everything is kind of like, I won't say dumbed down now, but it's just kind of dry right now. Yeah. Because you have people who really can sing, like Jasmine Sullivan. Jennifer Hudson and people like that, but you know, if you don't really kind of like blow up, mm-hmm. it's because people just be like, they don't want to hear all that singing and stuff. Like, you know, Summer Walker, she real popular, but she don't do as much with her voice on her songs and stuff. But you got people like Jasmine Sullivan that have been singing for a while, but she just not winning the Grammy. Right. So in terms of like creativity, I feel like in a black community, you can't really show all of your talents because it's not really going to get you far. Yeah. But you also can't be afraid of change, neither, because Beyonce went through multiple phases of change. Like, mm-hmm. literally, she went from singing in a girl group to her first, like, independent artist. Then she started, like, a little bit of this, like, rap phase. So it's like, mm-hmm. and it, blew, it blew up for her. Like, it actually made her better. She was on the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> she was a couple of them. Oh, I thought it was Fighting Temptation. Oh, no. Uh, and she collabed. Oh, like, it's like it was a collaboration of everything. What is that movie that she did? Uh-uh. Not that one. It's, it's, the, it's the only movie that she's not singing in. She's okay. supposed to be obsessed. Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, it's not for homegirl. I don't know why yeah, she, she did that. Yeah. It was trash. I was like, yeah. the other and woman clearly won. They just made Beyonce push off the cliff, push off the top of the house. I'm like, bro. 
She's she's spoiled. I forgot about that. Nah, that yeah. She woke back up. That mother scared the life out of me. I say because you can't be afraid to change. Like um, you can include everything in one. That's what Beyonce did. Literally, she included all her talents into one. But to be honest, y'all, me writing poetry it requires me to. I don't know. Be sad. No, not be sad. <laughs> it just requires me to, to like, like think about dark things or something. No, like that. it requires me to actually put my emotions on paper and then let them look back at me, and then I be like ready to blow up. But that's what, you just told, that's what you just told us. Though. And you journal. You told me yeah, you journal. Yeah, I journal a lot. So yeah. I'm like, that that shouldn't be like a factor for you to stop. That's I just gonna remind me. I need to go buy a new journal. I only got three pages left in the one I got. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I just don't be scared to let those emotions flow how they supposed to. That's the way how they supposed to flow. But I, I all right. I'm not gonna let you leave with that Elsa sing. With the Elsa sing. Okay. Let so, it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all. So we're gonna unpack some stereotypes real quick. Ooh. I'm gonna say a stereotype. And then the floor is open. I just say hi, but y'all feel about it. Okay. First one. A quiet black man is a weak black man. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. It's wrong. I'm it's not better quiet, to be, so. It's better to be quiet than um and then the open your mouth and be made a fool. Hold on, I'm not gonna say it's better to be quiet. Wait, wait. <laughs> you just gotta know when to speak. Yeah, yeah. like knowing when to wait, wait, wait. it's a time and place. That's really all that. Okay. Like with that question, I ain't gonna answer. Don't make me weak do it. 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 Don't make me weak you gotta watch them quiet ones. Uh-huh. You gotta watch them quiet ones. Exactly. He gonna show y'all something. They gonna mess around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on now. Why people say one thing? They know a lot more because they sit back and observe. Yeah, they can observe and look. Okay. A goofy or friendly black man is unfaithful. No. What do you mean? No. Who said this? I mean, it's true. Hold on, yeah. I, 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 I don't disagree with you. Hold on, now. Say that one more time. I don't want to ask you. Okay. I want to A goofy or friendly black man is unfaithful. Hold on, hold on. How can you say that? And see, I'm saying this because. I'm labeled as goofy and friendly. Me too. So how are you just gonna say I'm a lawyer? Hold on, I hate to ask you this question, but haven't been unfaithful before. That's different though. No. I'm in a relationship. I am for them. When I'm in a relationship, have you been unfaithful before? Hey man, hey, that's for me. That was in my younger days. Younger days. That's for me. I'm goofy and I'm you know friendly and stuff. I be just trying to, you know, be cool with everybody. And I, I'm in a five-year committed relationship, bro. Amen. Well, you you know, you right. Right. Thank you. No, that's a stereotype. No, it's not. You're right. And that just goes to say, like, even though there's a few bad apples that spoil the much, and not everybody 
If you don't say like not, not everybody does it, cause it, and then not just speaking on the man side, but on you know I know we ain't debunking that type of stereotype, but for women too, you know they be like a friendly female is a, a hoe, and that's well, not really what well, it is. Well, I'm not gonna say that. Not because uh, 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 okay. okay. now hold on. I, I, I consider myself kind of friendly, just uh, uh, a little bit friendly. You just say you don't like, like people. Yeah, and like I'm a, I'm not a people person, but I don't like. I'm not gonna say I don't like. I'm a people person, but I'm not a people person. Thanks, I like. Cause me, I'm an introvert. Really? Okay. Basically, I'm an introvert and an extrovert. Say that. Say that. Say that term one more time. You like to go outside to other people's houses? No. I like. So you like being in control? No. I like. Like, no, you you ready to everybody leave. It's on you. No, wait, wait, wait. No, you like, like, came in your studio? No, no, no what I'm saying is... Well, time, you gotta go. No, me, no, no. personally, I like having people over. I like inviting people in. I like cooking big meals and having people around playing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's me. That's the type of person I am. Like, so, I'm not the type of person that be like, Okay, one, I'm not a partier. Because, first of all, I'm not going to go nowhere well, around a whole bunch of people that I don't know. Anything can happen to me. I'm short, I'm small, and I'm a black woman. First of all, I'm a woman, period. Wait, wait, wait. You get that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, that's what I mean by you like be, you like being in control of what's about of what's about to happen. You like knowing exactly what's about to happen and having it on your time. No, she right there, she like comfortable. She didn't stay control. Yeah, comfortable. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm control. Well, no, but she just said she just said she anything can happen to me. Yeah, that she wants to be comfortable. She said anything can happen to me. I'm pretty sure she'll go. She knows what's gonna happen to her. This what she's saying. She'll go to her friends now, long she's comfortable. She's but she's still not in but control. But not in control. Though. But she's not in control of her friends. Huh? She's just where she's she just comfortable. She ain't not yeah. something. I know life in this band. I understand. I get what you're saying, but that's not what it's saying. It's two different things. Like, yeah, she don't want to go to a party where she knows stuff can happen. But it can get out of hand. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But it's not control. She just knows she does. She did not have fun in that situation. But he's saying stuff still can happen, even if you think it ain't going to happen at your friend's house. Okay. Perfect example. I went to one party. I went there. Same chair. They played Fantasia. I sang along with Fantasia. They was playing other stuff. I was just nodding my head. Sat down. She was a church woman. First of all, don't come for me. Don't come for me. I'm going to say for you. Ooh. On the pot. I love it. She's in control. So, I mean, I really. She's comfortable, man. It's just being gone. Being honest, like. I don't know. I just like being in my bubble at the same time. I can protect me. It's comfortable. And nothing is wrong with that. Because, because at the same time, you can't. I'm not you saying that. You see what I was trying to okay. see. But what I'm saying is also like, it's hard to trust people too in different places, different situations. Yeah. So that's why I said I like being in my bubble. Cause I'm a lady in that aspect, so I, I I'm right here with you. I know what you're saying. Like, let's say if a friend calls me and is like, "Hey, we're gonna drive to Mexico tonight." I'm like, "Go 
Let's say a friend be like, it's two o'clock in the morning. Hey, we finna drive to New Orleans to try a restaurant. You going by yourself. I'm not going. I'm in my bed. I'm comfortable. Or I got one for you. Or you like you had these group of individuals that you'd be around and you comfortable with them. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay, let's hang out. Then you get there and then there's people that just don't know and you're like, I don't know y'all. Oh, I'm going to just sit there and be and like, it's time to go, y'all. Okay, I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm a, like, I'll stay so like, you I'm comfortable in that situation. If it's like a whole bunch of random people that I don't know, then mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit there and be like, yeah. what do I do? Like, what do I do? But see, I can see what Andy's coming out when you say, when you at home, you can control what goes in your house. Like, I mean, that's what I feel you saying on that part, though. I mean, but well, like... Well, that I wasn't saying, like, you're in control of everything, but you know what's about to happen to you. Yeah, you know, I know how to... everything. You, like, being in control of the circumstances. Like, you're not going to go and put yourself at a party that you don't know nobody at. Yeah. And it's going to be a whole bunch of drunk uh, people out there. <laughs> <laughs> You like like you'd rather you'd rather be at your house comfortable 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 there you go but you can control what's going on at your house you can control what's going on at your house that's what I was trying to say okay but y'all we get you now we got you we got you can ask my friends whenever they come over, like, I have no problem how long they stay, but I just want to let them know, hey, at a certain time, I'm going to sleep. Right. So, that's the cue. Hey, you know, that is me all the way. I tell them to go to bed, I tell them, let me know when you leave. Yeah, like me, like, you can say, like, because you never know, this may be they safe space, they may feel comfortable over there. Cool. But me, I'm going to bed. I'm, going to bed. I'm, I'm not a night person, really. But college has forced me to be a night person, and I be. Because I'm a bright and early morning person. I do everything in the morning. I used to wake up at 5 30 in the morning. Oh, read, write, do everything in the morning. That was me. You but lost. now. I was here at a certain point. Can you it's, so hard. Hard. <laughs> it's so hard. But it's cool if they stay. I promise you. Like, anybody yeah. that been in my house, I swear y'all know me. I'm going to bed when I want to, but let me know when you leave just so I can lock the door. Yeah. Ooh, we'll be there, bright me sleep. Like, oh, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be in the different one, Eddie. When I go to sleep, you need to leave. That's right. That's right. If I'm not up, you know I'm not up. But I'm not letting nobody in my house that I don't know what they're gonna do to me. You don't know. You don't know these folks. You got. You know. I ain't gonna lie though. Like you know, my best friend. Like I grew up with. Like I got a homeboy named Jerry. Like if I grew up with, like if I go to sleep, he can stay as long as he want. Like I really don't care. Cause I'm the type of person if you come over to my house or come over to my house, I'm what I'm gonna do is first I'm gonna offer you food. Like you can ask. Hey. I'm gonna offer you food. Cool. And I, okay, and cool. then if you tell me I'm not hungry, okay, I'm gonna ask you like three, four times before you leave. And you wanna know something? I'm, I'm, I'm this type of person. If I can't trust you in my house by yourself, you're not coming in the first place. <laughs> like, like, like this, this like, man, like when you see me walk toward them, I'm like, all right, y'all, y'all, it been good. Y'all know it's time to leave. Mm-mm. Me, if I'm about to go to sleep and I have friends around me, I'd be like, I'd be walking through there, passing out blankets and pillows, and I'd be like, I hate tonight. But food is outrageous, though, because I tell them, bring your own food. Yeah, because he can't cook. You see, when I pour that garbage in start cleaning up, you need to make your way outside. I still need that the other night. I'm like, all right, y'all. I don't know what y'all gonna do, but I'm gonna clean. Here's the next stereotype Black men are angry. 
targets are tired of hearing the stereotype. I am assertive. I'm not angry. Oh, y'all got angry. I'm not angry. All three of y'all angry hearing it. I'm not angry hearing it. I'm tired of hearing it. It's annoying. I'm all It's annoying. I'm assertive. If you say you're not angry, it's not like you're angry. I'm not. When black men express themselves in some situations, they get scared. They get, they get, you know, they get profiles being angry. Like I'm not being angry. I'm just telling you how I feel. And, 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 and that goes back. That goes back to what I said earlier. Like a black man expressing how he feels being vulnerable. We yeah. just seen his anger. It's just like persecution. Yeah. And if like, your voice comes out as angry, like my dad. Yeah. When he busted me. He seemed angry. He say he's not angry. But yeah. he, <laughs> when he yelling and cussing at me, it feel like he's angry. But, 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 but like, y'all know it's a different type of angry when your parents is talking to you real quiet and you know you oh, yeah. and, and, and your mama comes to you and she be like come 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 talk I don't, know about that. I, I, mom, I don't even want to have this conversation I'd rather you yell at me than talk to, to me like calm. this at work though Claudio do you remember I, when I was yes, talking to my manager yes, she she definitely said I was an angry black man huh? and she was basically she saying told you like Claudio did she not. She basically, cause I will speak like assertively to her. I, I'm not gonna let you talk to me crazy. There's one thing I'm not gonna let you do. Respect. So when I talk to her with a more like tone in my voice, she kind of got scared. Talking about something. Why are you so aggressive? I'm not aggressive. I'm letting you know what it is. Like uh, this is not me being aggressive though. And that that's like another mask that we have to to wear. Like when we're expressing ourselves, we have to be so. I don't want to say whitewash. Got a cold tweet. Like, it has to be so bland that you can't you raise your eyebrows. You can't raise your voice. You can't use your Like, you have to basically, like, coddle to them and break it down in a way that they'll understand. Yeah, if, if you said it, like, you know, how we talk, they wouldn't understand it. But that's one that I would never let. Like, I, I never, like, when I was at work, I wouldn't code switch for them because I just felt like you're going to know me, the real me, who I am for real. You hired me, so I'm going to let you know who yeah, I am. That's what yeah. I was going to say, like, Yo, that's your character. Like you got a certain personality, then I respect it. I'd rather you be a certain me than just, you know, beat around the bush what's going on. Like you tell me what it is, what it ain't. One thing I will also add that is a stereotype, but stereotypes come from what people see and experience. So it's the truth in everything. Or misconception. A truth of misconception and everything. So they seen some angry black men, and we do have some men who can be viewed as angry. So we can see it as a stereotype, but we also have to understand that there are some people who are still making stereotypes be alive. The problem lies with you associating with every black man. Yeah, no, you can't associate that with every black man. I'm telling I'm you. I'm not gonna lie though. I'm pretty sure it has been a black man that tried to express that something they did get angry. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that part. If I'm not coming up to you aggressively, I'm not angry. Like if I'm not harming you in any type of way, especially if we sit down having a conversation, it's no reason in me being angry. When you start punching the wall. Like that's when you say you're angry. I don't think you're angry. But say if we sit eye to eye at a table and I'm talking to you like with like tone in my voice, you gonna call me angry. Yeah. That's not angry. <laughs> That's not angry. It don't deal with your hands. I'm just right like, like putting a little bass in your voice. That's not being angry. It ain't. But now if I'm finna get up to hit you or something, I'm like I'm angry. Now, angry. You know, like, once you get up and start going, going a little bull, like you start cussing, hitting table. Yeah, and you're angry. angry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, but if I speak, like, you like this, I'm not angry. You gotta remember, but everybody's perception is different. Yeah, too. Everybody grew up the same. Didn't grow up the same. I mean. 
Yeah. True, because when I get angry, I don't even talk. Like, yeah, my, yeah, that's I'm not looking at you. I just, I don't, I'm just looking at you. But like, everybody got different perception. Cause, like you said, people grew up different. Like you know, you growing up in a household, you might have some angry parents. So what they do, like you know, they talk aggressive. You like boom, like they angry. Like then you see another black man come, they talk the same way, but they're not really angry. You know, you are gonna take it as them being angry. And you know, like that kind of with the stereotype of the angry black woman. That's being assertive, but if you, like you, like he said, up uh, cussing and stuff. Nah, they, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm angry. angry. No, I ain't angry. People I'm mad. Assertive parents. Like their parents, it. I was like, but that, <laughs> that ain't the world. You no, think the world? The, the world ain't assertive. Right, the world is very assertive. The world ain't passive. True. This is the thing about it. you can always think about yourself as an individual person, but it's also like not. Individual that that for the people See, that have not grown up with like a sort of parents that don't know how to experience it, it's up to them to like challenge their prejudice and challenge their ideology. Okay, they're not mad at me, they're just expressing differently than how I grew up. Like, people have to be conscious of other people's cultures, how they grew up, and how they yeah, uh, understand that. See, this is gonna, this is always gonna be this topic is gonna always be you know, it's gonna be discussed way differently because. People didn't grow up the same. People yeah. come from different cultures. People don't think they've been angry. You know, it's just always going to be a different perception with this. Okay. This is black men come from and then become absent fathers. That's the Hold on. Really say that one more time. I want to make sure I heard it down. It says black men come from and often become absent fathers. You still at the store getting milk. That, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. That's not stereotype. <laughs> Like they can't really, they yeah, can't follow with you. Unfortunately, yeah. that is true. As much as but we it, hate it, as much I as hate to say it, it though, because look. I didn't see some people didn't have like you know parents growing up, and they're great the fathers, great fathers, great but parents. If you look like, at it at a large scale. Majority of black men grew up and came from and raised in without yeah, they kids, but without their dad. I've seen some people have great parents and grow up to be terrible fathers. Like, yeah. that's just something like, that's one thing we be learning in social work. Like, well, you know, that type of stuff. Like, what you grew up and see is most of what you're going to give to who under you. So, okay. Um, I know this is your pocket, but I do have a question. So, speaking of that stereotype, like, what, how would y'all, those of us that want to have kids in the room, how would you challenge that stereotype? Like, well, first that, of all, me... It's like being an alpha male and like size. So like I'm gonna, I'll never be called a deadbeat ever. Like that's just, I'm just being so silly. Like that's one thing I never want to be called in life because that's. So that's your great. Let's say, let's say one of your homeboys, he end up having a kid, but he a deadbeat. I'm gonna talk to him about that. I you do, gotta, I do not it. like. I do not like. I don't agree on none of that. I'm sorry. He gotta step up for his still. 
Like, be a man. At the end of the day, you made the child, you brought the child here, step up and be the father that you're supposed to be. You don't know how to be a man. That's another thing. Make it sure, so, make sure you find out family. You pick like the right person to have a family with. Got you got you to make sure you and that person kind of compatible. But a lot of people not doing it. You can count it like him, though. You can step up in the child's life for him to have a male figure. Like, say if y'all cool. Yeah, you can. Because to be honest, my dad was always around in my life but never in my life i look for that in my grandpa so i you can step up to help but you can't tell a grown person how they gonna do something because at the end of the day they're gonna be grown and do what they want to do right. oh well in terms of me i would say um i don't know the whole thing about the absent father type of thing my dad died when i was four when i was four so i don't know if he was absent or not i heard he wasn't so that adds on to the stereotype but in terms of challenging it, I don't plan to have kids. Never, ever, never would. But in terms of that, to challenge it, I would just say, you know, you got to be what that person would. I'm, I'm thinking live with, at a young age. Like, we as a black community need to go back to instilling family values. The importance of family and being there and taking out, like, the whole ma- being a man role, like, as, as far as, like, the whole emotion part, like, we gotta be for real. We humans at the end of the day. You need to show your emotions, but at the same time, you know, you still, there's still a role in, like, the family that you have to play. I don't sound making sense. Well, I would have another question. Like, for me, I don't do the whole thing about the being a man type of thing, but I don't show emotions because I've been through too much. True. So you have people that do it to suck up like a man. You have people who really don't show emotions because they've been through so much and they be like, oh, this is trauma. this normal yeah. trauma. So you have to understand that it's different type of people. Uh, we all need therapy. This yeah. feels kind of therapeutic. Yeah, you can do it. Because, like, I know one thing about somebody holding a lot of things, holding a lot of emotions. Because when they break, they're going to break. Like, but I don't think you're gonna be like that your whole life. I think it comes with points where you'll actually grow and learn to like. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might have those emotions later on in life. It's just not there now. And that's the beauty of it. And being a person that did break last year, because it's like holding stuff in, depression, like myself, my going on. It was a whole spiel. Podcast kind of, you know, help with that. Talking to therapists. Stuff like that, church, everything like that. But being a person that like holds a lot of stuff in, like I feel like my friends think that I may talk a lot, but it's not that I talk a lot around them. It's like, bro, I really need you to listen to me before I blow a guest, before I like just lose control, really. And so like I'm really selective with who I talk to and who I tell stuff to sometimes. And so like a lot of times. You know, my friends may think that I'm joking about stuff, but I'm like, nah, fam, life really beat me upside the head with a fake mm-hmm. body. <laughs> so, Sometimes you gotta find your yeah, body. I used to leave, like, um, they were now 13, my dad died, like, you know, seeing that, like, he was in my life, like, he was real active in my life. And when he died, like, I ain't know how to express myself, like, it was, I ain't, I ain't know how to let no feelings out for real, like, I cried at his funeral, but, you know, you still gonna have some traumas afterwards. Like that's an absent figure in your life. Like, and I never knew how to express that. So, I still don't honestly. Like, I don't really just tell folks how I really felt about it. Yeah. So, I'm 
somebody died, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I don't really know. My grandma dad, I was like, well, I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. You think you're here, You are the same way. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, it kind of happened when I was older, so it's kind of like, oh, well. Yeah, when people die now, it's like, oh, okay, bro. Yeah, like, that situation was different, because, man, the effect that in my life was like, Different, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll say like the big influence in my life. Deltron, where I'm from, is like normal. Like for me, I be hearing people die younger than me, like 14, got shot. I'm like, dang. But then somebody a month ago just got shot too. So I'm like, dang. So it's gonna keep hitting. Yeah. yeah. I be like, well, it's just becoming the norm, and you really don't kind of feel for it. You have no feelings towards it. And then like on top of that, so. It's like, I'm from Meridian, okay? And everybody face changed when I said that. Yeah, that's a different time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. So, I'm from Meridian, right? And the thing that, like, bothers me the most is seeing, like, people I went to high school with or people that are, like, younger than me and stuff. Because, like, whenever I go home, I try to be, like, avid in the community. Like, through my podcast, I sponsor a senior each year give back to them, pay for like they promise to pay for this. I do all that, right? So, um, just going back and looking around, seeing stuff when I go home, it's crazy because I'm like, y'all really think it's cool to sit here and get shot. Mm -hmm. Like, you missed this, like, I had, I lost a classmate last year, um, because he was with somebody else, uh, that was supposed to be in school, and both of them, like, the DOA dead on arrival. So the police and everything got there. And to me, I was like, this was the one of the smartest people in school. He was like class clown, super smart, always just doing stuff like positive, but he was with the wrong person. So it's just like, you know, it comes from that place of, you know, because I used to hear him talk about like, you know, well, my daddy was like this, my daddy was like that, and I'm like, but, you know, different people, teachers tell them, you don't have to be like that or whatever, but, I don't know, it's just really tragic, because it's like a whole bunch of classmates that I've lost, and we just graduated two years ago. Right. Ooh, so, this your podcast, I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. With you going back and helping in your community, you know, it's dangerous and stuff, how do you not feel like it's a target on day? Like me, I don't go home and do nothing because I don't want to feel like I'm stepping on nobody's toes. Honestly, I don't feel like it's a target on my back because... Not even with the donating to people and stuff. They, oh, oh, she got money. She thinks she's been coming. No, 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 no. So, like, how I do it is because me, I'm I'm a broke college student. I live on faith. And hey, man. I be praying whenever my check hit. I'm so praying right I'm gonna be now. praying. I'm gonna be in my car closet tomorrow night. She got money. She be there. I'm praying right now. Roast that. Like me, I've been wise about it. So it's like different organizations in the community back home. I ask them to help sponsor with me. So it's not just me. It's like a lot of other people, but it's through my podcast. 
to like I set them up with like a photographer to take their senior pictures. I set them up with somebody if it's a girl to do their hair and makeup. I set them up with a barber back on if it's a guy to do that type stuff. Yeah. Can I steal your idea for my community? Because that is a great idea, idea bro. That is so amazing. Like, I'm gonna shout out um, my senior of the year last year. It was Emily Gabby. Um, and my senior of the year this year is Alyssa Bland. Um, Alyssa, I feel like I haven't done that much for Alyssa just yet, but you know, I try to do a lot of stuff like right before they graduate that, you know, like they see and I give them like graduation day, make sure like prom, they sick, stuff like that. So, you know, I'm trying. That's really nice. That is great. I, I support that. I love it though. And like, honestly, I do it because like when I was in high school, my senior year, a lot of people, a lot of people poured into me. A lot of people gave back to me. So like a lot of stuff, like my mom wasn't able to get me for my senior year or like pay for it. And other people in the community just helped pay for it, helped do this, did all that type of stuff. So like, I don't think my mom really had to pay for much my senior year because everything was like, people was just giving, people was covering it, people was doing this. But like my prom dress, somebody helped me do that. My corsage and stuff, my everything. Like when I went to prom in the car, it was, Cadillac, I rode in the back, Ooh. like a chauffeur and stuff, Ooh. you know, like, so it's like, I'm real quiet, real to myself, but like, I try to let people know that like, one you thing did. that I'm real big on is giving back. So that's what I was finna say, so you real big and advocate for your community. I wouldn't just say for my community, but, but just like, as a whole. Yeah. Okay, then. Okay. Because I know what it's like to have nothing, literally nothing, like, no house, no car. I know, I know what it's like not to have nothing at all. Be, you know, four people in the house, one one place. Like, I know that type of stuff. So I try to, like, push back and stuff. That's another reason why I don't write coach. I do. I, I can write a question for you after this podcast. Okay. So, yeah. That's, really That's enough of my little trauma, though. But, yeah. Um, what? about you as an african-american man is unique me? in one word I don't know. confidence my confidence is very easy to me audacity your audacity is unique yes <laughs> how is your audacity unique man? because like i said you gotta find that inner peace within yourself and when you find that no matter what light confidence no, because a lot of times, you know, Jalen got on it, it goes beyond it. Like, because <laughs> sometimes you I do run out. I'm like, you run out. I am a little, see, like I said, you do run out. My audacity. The audacity. I'm oh, definitely an introvert. Introvert is my word for sure. You say introvert? Yes, sir. Okay, I thought you said introvert for a second. Oh, I was thinking mindset. Mindset. Versatility. So, big word. It's right. It's right. Optimism. Mm. <laughs> Explain, Alvin. Man, see, me personally, I done started every sentence like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but hey, um, uh, I feel like you know we we go through enough bad stuff in life. If I can make just somebody laugh, you know, yeah. put a smile on their face just for one little second, then it'll make the world better. So I try to be optimistic and humorous and stuff in times where I feel like I can, you know. Sure. I would say nonchalant to me. <laughs> chilling. You would be chilling. Yeah. Like, that stuff really don't affect me. And if it really, if, 
Really get don't affect me like that for you. You gotta run different. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't both. I didn't love each one of us brought mad, something man. different to the table. Well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, if something say, actually makes me mad, then yeah, something gonna make me mad. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is what it is. That's true. I say me. Is. My thing is really like I like go out and like meet new people. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I like to be active, outgoing. You know. So, um, along with that, I like to bond with people and, like, get to know people, like, gen- like being genuine to them. Mostly, another thing is so I get to network with them. Like, you know, you never know who you might need down the road. I might just met this friend, and somehow two years later, they are social worker, and I'm trying to get me a job at a social worker. Boom. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I did not like Claudia when I first hired him. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> still, real quick, real quick. Like, I never thought I would be cool with, I never thought I would be cool with Claudia. Ever. That's how I met y'all. It's all just crazy. Me and Jaquin, we took a class together last semester. Yeah. yeah. With that, it was the grace of God. I can't think of it. Would it be the grace of God? I didn't I know me, what was going on. He was like, everybody can get an A. <laughs> I get a B. Right. <laughs> um, me and Jay, we came in through Lucky Day together. Um, I met Anthony in here. The first time I saw you, you were dancing. <laughs> oh. What was he jigging? Yes, yeah, yeah, about right. Boop, boop. And like to me, um, okay, I'm not gonna lie. So when I first met you, well, not like met, but first saw you jigging and stuff, I was like rolling my eyes and stuff. Because back home, all my like everybody went to high school with this idea. I didn't even G. Every party. Every event we did. It was just like I was like, dang. Y'all don't know how to dance for real. Y'all don't know how to salt. It's also like you thought she was like, okay. like, no, that, it's, like, like, it's like you came here to get away from that jig and beat. Yeah, you did. I understand that. I understand. I was like, what is the meridian going on? What is the meridian? Hold on. That's crazy. Comparing Hansburg to Meridian. Look at that's all that's like if you go back, they still they still do it to this day. Like everybody's in college and separated. Like I got cousins that jig and stuff. Every time they come back, I'm like, y'all, give it a rest. Like, please give it a rest. I'm not jigging no more. That's so proud of you. Them days over. I'm feeling learn how to sauce like I think you jig before the night over. When I first met Brian, Brian was like, Hi. I was like, it's not like Brian. Hi. Damn. I'm always going to say, hey. Damn. I didn't know what to do. And then, like, the first time I met Abby, he cracked a joke. And I was like, bro, I don't even know you. You remember the joke? Hey. You remember the joke? 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 He had been joking. He had been joking. Me and Cub, we've been joking this entire time. Oh, God. We've <laughs> looking at each other just laughing. Man. Oh, yeah. I don't joke when I'm trying to read the room, too. Like, if I feel like I can't tell a joke. Like, yeah, I'm like that, too. That's like me. I try to read the room before I talk. If I say one joke, and I'll I try to change something. my voice up, too. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I feel like this is one of the different kind of room. Read the room and then talk. Yeah, I try to change my voice up real, real bad. Like, real, real bad. I saw walking around, I'm going to sit in the corner and see, who I, see how it was going on. I walk in the room and say, who are you, folks? Now. 
And like I'm in somewhere and I hear like a group of African American people. You they just loud and just screaming. I'm not gonna like personally, I'm just like I walk the other way because like not depend on the type of noise. No, it's the type of noise that gets my attention. I'm gonna say it's the noise that triggers the meridian in me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. the noise that bring back high school days. Oh, you yeah. oh, like yeah. Like, bro, if you literally, I'm like, if you walking in a group and I just hear a lot of laughing and yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is so funny? Are you laughing at me? Like, I'm Society, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. oh. Now, why are you asking me? <laughs> wow. 
Oh, I got one. Okay. I wish that people in society would not, you know, fear us because a lot of their actions are based off of false, um, you know, false accusations about us, you know, and they do it out of fear. I wish that they'll just respect us instead. You know, place the word fear with respect, and it'll be cool. Yeah. Like, because when you respect somebody, you know, you treat them better. You don't necessarily have to fear them to respect them. Right. So, yeah. If I could change one thing, I would say I would change everybody's openness to different cultures. Because I feel like a lot of the societal problems stems from that. Um, so, if we could just get everybody on the same page, yeah, we do it I believe. Or better. Somebody else. I'd say um I feel like I change the fact that or I give the opportunity to express and learn emotional maturity at a earlier age because I feel like that's where most of I'm not gonna say most, but I feel like that's where a big I feel like that's how you handle things the best, your emotional maturity. So I feel like that's something that needs to be developed early on. The thing I would change is um, us having to know somebody to be successful. Yeah, so quiet. <laughs> I say, um, you can't learn about everybody. I say just everybody's thought patterns like in society. Like, us being black, your first thought as a white person shouldn't be aggressive or a meaning or something like that like that should be like your first thought of trouble you know like we just said black and how they got a negative connotation like that shouldn't just be your first thing you think about when you see a black man or a black woman like well, that's based on all I can say I would say um, one thing that I would change is that people's perception of black is ghetto and that one one thing that one thing black people no hold on hold on Sorry. one thing that JB mm-hmm. uh one of the I the IME director he says ghetto is beautiful I feel like if everybody thought that way that ghetto is beautiful everybody would get along a little bit better too I feel like I don't agree with that ghetto is beautiful too it's like a culture. They they lope us in as ghetto and they lope ghetto is bad, but they don't even know it's real. They don't even know it's good. Ghetto is beautiful. You call this ghetto, you can miss out one of the best relationships. This might be this might be a little off the appearance. Black man, we should not be saying number one, like that gives another person a reason to say something else bad about us about our appearance. If I were an inch, I just want to say that's like one of my biggest turn offs. Like, I don't want to be your dog. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. That means like you don't respect yourself. You don't respect how you look. How does that look? I don't me? think nobody want to see somebody grow. No. Like me, perspective. I mean, like me, me working to be a doctor. What I look like walking with you and you got your pants out of your ankles. Like, let's be real here. Yeah, like, you gotta match, like, just like y'all say, women have to match men, men have to match women too. Like, if I, if I'm, as people may say, bougie, but I'm, I'm not bougie, so I'll say that. If I'm bougie, 
Like, I don't need you out here just dressing like you just woke up. I think I you actually focus on what you look like. Yeah, I say that too. Like, you should always dress like the way you're going. Like, you're trying to be sexual, dress sexual. I also try to connect that with the toxic masculinity. Yeah. Many people say it because they feel like that's what they need to do to not be viewed as homosexual, weak, and stuff. And I hate that. T- I hate but that-, that too. BSC calls my home phone. Like, you should not judge nobody off their sexuality. Homosexual. I'm homosexual. <laughs> 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 so like, they're homosexual. But for real, though, no, for real. Not you should, you should not view somebody off their what sexuality. Like, that, that's not cool at all, viewing somebody like that. Man, what they doing down the street ain't got nothing to do with you. Bro, what they do behind their home and all that stuff don't got nothing to do with us. Like that's their what well, we do out in the open. What? Yeah, y'all doing open? Look, it ain't got nothing to do with y'all. That, that's kind of like something that Raven said last week about like y'all have seen it before. Oh, here on camp, y'all have seen it before. These young black women walking around in bonnets and slippers and stuff that irks my nerves. Like, cause like you're here. College is like a professional setting. Even if you don't feel like it, throw on a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt, and if you do something, make yourself do-rags. look okay. Same thing with do-rags too. Not yeah, do-rags for the house. But I personally don't care. Do rags. But y'all, I don't, I don't care about that because at the end of the day, you are gonna do what you want to do anyway. You, but you want to dress like that? You so, dress like that. Paul. But do rags for the house. Would y'all approach a young lady that's walking around in a bunny? Yes. She don't want to be approached. Just think about no, Just think I'm about talking to her. Just, just think about this in a them. professional business way. Like, you trying to get a job. Like, you, you trying to get a job. You just happen to walk by somebody that you finna get interviewed by. And they see you in a bunny or a do rag. Like, you know, like, that be on a professional, um, standard professional mm-hmm. campus. Like, they don't look at you like, you don't really too much care about yourself, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I uh, see. I understand the whole thing about the bonus women, but then, again, you should have to make people feel like they have to always be up to this. But see, like, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, I'm even if, you know, like, even if you got, like, a bad hair day or something, do, like, me, I haven't done it in a while. The F about the Do like baseball cap. I put a baseball cap on in here. How was the name? That's why my forte. Baseball cap saved my life. <laughs> like, you don't have to just go out there in your pajamas. That's how I was oh, raised. Oh, pajamas, no. You know, no. like bonnet, pajamas. That's how I was raised. Like, you don't wear your house shoes out to places. Like, I'm going to play that. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but you better find a way to cover that up before you right. go. Like, what's she getting on? Yeah. But you know, money is enough. But my mama really, but my sister walked outside with a bunny on. My mama finna eat her. <laughs> 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 when I first got here, um, there's a man by the name of Kijana. Um, <laughs> I was wearing a do-rag on campus. You know, I ain't know no about the freshman. I was just coming Okay, cool. He done snatched it off my head oh. and then I give it back. He threw it away in front of me actually. Um and ever time. since then I had like just been still on never wearing my durag out in the <laughs> open. Like there's just not a place for your durag to be in. Matter of fact, I did the same thing to somebody else because it's just like don't do that. I always wear my do-rag in the open. I ain't gonna lie to you. Now, with me, I ain't gonna lie. I wear a do-rag, but to appease the public, I throw a cap on top of it. But I'm gonna look. 
Uh, my comfort is key. My comfort is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, you had the energy to get up and put clothes on. You like you could even if you, even if you do need a haircut, throw a cap on. Now, see, and 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 it depends on how you wrap the do rag. Now, if you do the little tuck, it's cool, bro. But if you got it like hanging like like hanging like, 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 with the hat, oh, I just oh, can't no. do it for me. I, I, just, I still wear my not rag. My thing is, you gonna be if you comfortable in your me me personally. If you comfortable in your pajamas, then go be in your pajamas. Uh, no, no, no. That's what that's what my mama taught me. Okay. I, me per, I don't wear. I, I'm not gonna wear pajamas out in public. That's just me. That's just me. But my mama would put on her slippers and in her in her pajama pants and go to the store. In a hurry. See the dollar store, you know. But I'm saying, like, why you come to the fresh and toes? <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to speak on the bonnet because I, I don't wear a bonnet, so I can't speak on, you know, when people with bonnets wear it. But with the do-rags, I'm going to wear it. Like, yeah, I'm going to wear the do-rag. Nah, I'm not going to have a whole little wife beater uh, shirt on and, you know, the whole pajama fit. But, I mean. I guess it's the place the where we eat. I just know that if. I was seen wearing a do rag by a white person. How they look at me? I don't look at them. Like, this one thing I do care about. It look like one of them hats. I mean, Because I know I talk about, I ain't gonna lie. Now, I have my own judgment when they come in wearing the stuff that they be wearing. So I just be like. Shorts with the shirt that come out with them where you can't see the shorts. So it's like, I know they talk about me. It's like, if I say something. They call it lampshading. Let me just say something. Can we please stop calling them shirts white beaters? Oh, white yeah, beaters. They take oh, off. yeah, I'm sorry. Smoking no, I, I couldn't think of the word. They ain't wearing t shirts. That's what they do. I never heard of them. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> you learn every day. I ain't never heard of them. As a society, as a black community, as a black community, hey, please stop calling them white beaters. Get on Grand Theft Auto and see tank top. Like, I was always calling them tank top. Tank top. Where the egg That's what I'm saying. Like, where the egg come from? Mm -hmm. They don't look like an egg. I don't see the egg. Mm. What I'm finna say? What about a uh, a beanie? Can we wear beanies? Yeah, yeah, you can wear beanies. Beanie. Beanie. Cool. A beanie is yeah. almost like a dude. It's not. Wearing a beanie when it's cold, bro. Yeah. Beanie when it's cold. Ears cold, bro. I'm wrapping that. A beanie keeps your head warm. A do rag do not. Unfortunately, I don't like that because I can't say if white people clearly wore do rag, it would be acceptable. True. That's what exactly. If they wore do no, people would be acceptable. They wore do rag. You see white people going around with a do rag. I'm gonna look at them a little funny because before I've never seen that cultural. That's just me. I'm saying like no, if they can't get away, started from beginning. Like if it were something that they. Started, started, they would be okay, but it's because it's something that belongs to the yes. African American community. Yes. It's deemed as ghetto, bad, yes. unprofessional. Like our whole professional stance is based off what a, what white America has taught us. Our whole flags with the bell, with the with the shoes, with the white button up shirt. It came from them. Yeah, sometimes you can't just can't help. Our definition of business, unprofessional. You know, we started to deviate and change it. You know, they don't like that, but basically, like. They don't set the standard, and unfortunately, we have to grow up and condition ourselves to that. So now we have to re-evaluate and challenge, you yeah, know, what we made us and followed us here, and made us get accustomed to the American culture. We now, oh, we have. Yeah, just can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> 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 
Bro, he brought that up, man. Remember we was doing that work shit? It was like ethnicity and stuff. Bro, you know how like um the white people they was talking about like, oh yeah, I'm kind of Scottish, I'm kind of Polish and stuff like that. But then I looked at my paper, I said, all I know is that I'm African American. Like I know it's different parts, but I really don't know where I came from. My mom always told me, bro, you got one percent black and you you're black. That, and that's true. And that, that's like, and that, that, like, that came back from the rule. It's called the one drop rule. And it don't matter, like, you had a yeah, go back 1%. To school, you are, it, don't, it don't matter if you got the whitest. You go at slave, bro. That's just how rich woman used to be. She's black. She's black. She's black. But I was talking about, like, how they was like, oh, yeah, my family are originally from Ireland. I'm kind of Irish. I'm Polish. Like, yeah, bro, I'm different parts of Africa that we don't really, you know. That's like me. I don't know. Everybody got a little in me, but I'm black. Dude, it's you can't even for real. How much it costs? Like, I know it costs. It don't cost. It costs some. Yeah, yeah, you know, pay that, man. Yeah. 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 Child, like it was a boy and a girl. That was like the American dream, but you it wasn't for the black man. I feel like you was attacking me because I only want a boy and a girl. I can't, I can't do much for children. But that's I how they view the American dream. I want one boy and one girl. I can't do that. Three, four, five, six, five children. I just can't do it. I'm not built like that. I'm good. It's me. If I get, I want two kids, but I gotta have a boy. So I can, I can go on to hell. I can maybe do that third if I get two girls. No. But after that third, I prefer my boy to be the oldest too. He's already. Don't be hard work. I just, me personally, I do want a girl first. I would like a son. I would, me personally, I would really like two boys rather than having a girl simply because I got to deal with me. <laughs> Y'all have a No, no, no. What I, mean, like, no what I mean by like deal with me is like my attitude, oh, okay. my mm-hmm. mouth, my mint, mm-hmm. my aneurysm and stuff. I can't deal with that. I can barely deal with myself hey, now. So yeah. So mannerisms, that's the one. Okay, this is my belief, but everything that happens in life was already predetermined. Like, true, nothing yeah. can change. Like, it, it was gonna happen anyway. All right. So we want to thank y'all for tuning in. Um, those of y'all, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't know when the next episode is gonna be, so be on the lookout. So I just want to tell you once again, thank you for tuning in and staying plugged in with K. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye.